Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matt Webb. On our last outing, the Yards fought back from a 2-0 half-time deficit to draw 2-2 at Hull City. And now they'll be looking to kick on from there when they host Bolton Wanderers at Loftus Road this weekend. We'll be discussing both games as well as a looking ahead to Tiger Feet 10 as a group of QPR supporters walk from the training ground to the stadium this Saturday to help raise funds for the Down Syndrome Tiger Cups. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Okay, well, it's been a couple of weeks since a Loftcast, since Webby. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, we had the nil-nil draw with Stoke City here at Loftus Road, and before the game you'd have taken a point, but it was largely disappointing, obviously, with them being reduced to 10 men early on, and then we had the disappointing 2-1 loss to Rotherham here in W12 as well. So the international break since, bearing all that in mind, did it come at the perfect time for QPR after getting the draw against Hull City, coming back from 2-0 down. We'll go into more detail about that game in a moment, but in terms of the break, I think most people of a QPR persuasion would say, you know what, let's just disappear for a couple of weeks, if you like, work on the training ground, have a rest, fans and players alike, and start again for the running. Yeah, I think you've, you've, you've summed that up really well, Paul. Um, was it the right time? Yes, it, uh, yes, it was. You know why? You know, we've been on a really poor run. There's been lots of games come thick and fast. Um, just gives us time. You know, with the amount of games, I don't think Steve's had a great deal of time to work on stuff at the training ground. You know, back to basics, that sort of stuff. So, the two week break will give them that. You know, iron some issues out, work at certain things. You know, it gives someone like a Luke Freeman who limped off. Uh, the pitch at Hull. Um, hopefully, he'll be back in contention for for Saturday. Gives obviously two influential players, Jeff Cameron, Angel Rangel, at extra time to get over their injury. So, in a long way round, your question. Yeah, it came at a for me at a perfect time. And it, the the time that it came, it came at a good time in terms of you, you. We had twelve games in a period of six weeks, and by and large, it's the same nucleus of players that were being used by, by the management. Obviously, we had injuries to key players as well, which is, is really, when you look at it, it's had a big impact on our season. But it, it came at a good time in that respect as well because that was a, a hard a hard run of results with the, the cup run that we, we all desperately wanted and we enjoyed and the great result against Portsmouth and the excellent game and atmosphere against Watford. But with those games shoehorned into our championship campaign, it, it it's fair to say it's had an impact, hasn't it? It does when you're on a poor run of form, and we've been on that. You know, when you when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, as the games uh, been coming thick and fast. You know, when when you're going well, you want the games to come quickly. When you're not, you know, become, it becomes a real drag, if you like. You know, we've we've spoke long and hard about a little bit of misfortune here and there, but you know what, we need to get over that, um, put that behind us. But yeah, time to get on the training ground. Time to rest up for a couple of days if some of them need that you know time to work through their individual programs Steve to bed in or bed back in the way he exactly wants us to play and let's get after Bolton at the weekend and uh, let's finish the season well and Webby bearing that all in mind when you look at the 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 run that we've had and then we go to Hull City and we're 2-0 down at half time you think the writing's on the wall there you think it's a it's another defeat 
Yeah, you, you, you're kind of praying that the, the international break does come so we can just have a couple of weeks off to, to kind of uh, to get away from it. But yeah, if you look at the, how the first half was going at home, they didn't actually play that badly. Had quite a lot of chances to, uh, to score, a number of, of good chances. But um, yeah, defensive frailties meant, meant that we were 2-0 were down. But yeah, no, great comeback and uh, yeah, a bit of positivity to take into the break. And hopefully we can uh, capitalise uh, on that uh, going into the game against uh, Bolton on Saturday. So let's look at the game against Hull City then since. And um, I think we should, you almost want to just want to start at half-time because that's really where the comeback started. But I wasn't at the game, but a lot of people who were say, actually, we we're probably unfortunate to find ourselves in that position at half-time. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, we made, a, we made a poor start. You know, Joe's had to make a good save after four minutes uh, from a really talented player in uh, Jared Bowen, you know, uh, then he scores after seven, and you think, you know, we've just come off the back of a really poor result and a poor performance against Rodron. You know, here we go again, you know, another early goal we've conceded. But I thought as the half grew, uh, the players grew into it. Um, got a lot of joy down the left-hand side. I think Jake Bidwell got four. We put in cross after cross after cross. We're a little bit unfortunate. Luke Freeman got on the end of one anywhere slightly away from the goalkeeper probably goes in and goes straight down the goalkeeper's throat um so in that first half i thought towards the end of the half we were we were actually playing reasonably sort of well killer blow right on a stroke of half time i think we can do better with a goal um you know again bowen i think you've got to show him down the line onto his right foot and if he beats joe from there well he asks questions of joe but once you let him come back inside he opens the whole goal up and with a left foot that he's got and he's done it all season. You know, he's got 23 goals. Um, so you go in a half-time, probably fearing the worst a little bit. You know how they're going to react, what's Steve going to do. Um, but came out the second half and we were a completely different side. Um, there was one key moment in the game for me, actually, of a 10 minutes in where Bowen had a chance to make a 3-0 at the far post. He completely miskicked. It felt a Fraser Campbell, whose shot was blocked by Lynchy on the line. Mm. And I remember thinking as I was doing the commentary, you know, that could be a real turning point in the game. And uh, it was because from that moment, we came stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, at 2-0 down, when something like that incident happens, I think generally it almost doesn't get the appreciation that it turns out it, it deserves. If it happens at 0-0 or when you're 1-0 up and hanging on, it's a great goal line clearance. When you're 2-0 down, it's almost like, well, that could have been the third. And then you're right, when you look back and you've come back and got 2-2 in it, we could have actually gone on and won it. It was a... A critical goal line clearance, and from there, you know, shortly after that, QPR came strong. Yeah, well, as I say, that allowed us to stay in the game. I think at three 0 the game's gone. Mm. At two 0 you've always got a chance, uh, and it proved. You know, Steve made a uh, probably a forced substitution at half time, if you like, with Luke having to go off uh, again. But hopefully, it'll be okay in the not too distant future. But uh, Bright or say Samuel came on. I thought he did really, really well again. Probably. If I was bright, I might have been a little bit disappointed not to start the game after my performance against Rodham, where I thought he was probably the shining light. But, you know, he's held back. He came on a half-time really, really positive, you know, with his pace. But I felt the introduction of, I'm sure we're going to come to it, Josh Scoen, who came on, was a big, big turning point in the game. And you know, Josh has had his issues throughout the season, as we know. But he came on on, uh, on that Saturday up at Hull. And for me, was the biggest influence on us and the shift in the game that happened. Talk us through the, the, the tactical approach, just sticking with you for a minute since, talk us through the, the tactical change and approach there because 
Josh Goen came on, like you say, Bright was brought on for Luke Freeman. Luke Freeman's now back to full training, so fingers crossed he'll be fit and available for selection this weekend against Bolton. Um, Scoen came on, and, and tactically, how did Steve change the game to swing it in our favour? Well, what he did was quite, I wouldn't say surprising, because I think Josh has got this in, he, in, he, in his game, you know, and I've said from time to time, Josh played as probably the most attacking midfield player, really got forward, he brought energy, <clears throat> certainly played, as I say, further forward up the pitch, um, heavily involved in the first goal, albeit it's a pass, you know, and it's a... <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a fluke, but you know maybe that's a bit of luck that we we've been crying out for for a while. But uh, no, tactically, I thought Josh uh, played further up. Uh, Maslowonga was the deep lying midfield player where he got it and made his tick over. <clears throat> and Scoan almost just—I wouldn't say he had free license, but he just made forward run after mm. forward run after forward run, and uh, as I say, played a key key part in us getting back in the game. And maybe the two goals, like since mentions that the first one, while it was. A tad fortunate in the fact that the pass went straight in. Josh deserves credit there because he was looking to make things happen. He, he was looking. He, he played the quick one too. He was looking to to find Naki in space in the box. He, he was being brave in terms of his his pass selection, if you like. Um, and once we got the goal back, then QPR were were really sort of in the ascendancy at that point, weren't they? Yeah, we spoke about um, Bright doing well when he came on um, following. Um, his positive display against uh, Rotherham. But um, yeah, it was almost like uh, Josh on a bit of a one-man crusade to, to do well. He came on and he was, uh, he was he had plenty of energy about him. And yeah, um, you know, it's probably, uh, it's probably, I think, did he say afterwards, it's, it's the best pass he's ever made? <laughs> and um, yeah, it was um, a tad fortunate, but it goes in. And uh, yeah, second goal, you know, if he's pleased with it, if we're pleased with the first goal, second goal, he showed... Uh, well, he showed great spirit to not give the ball up and uh, to to hook it over, and yeah, he uh, he got his reward by uh, by us equalising. And you could see by his reaction, uh, Josh going at the end, uh, not at the end when uh, Tom Mohamed scored, mm. what it meant to him as well. He he isn't one who tends to show his emotions too much, Josh going, but you can see that it was almost. A release for him when Hemed scored. He obviously played a part in the first goal, played a big part in the second goal as well. You can see how much that meant to him that particular game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, seventeen eighteen was was a good season for Josh, wasn't it? But eight eight eighteen nineteen's not. He's not quite. You know, he'd admit it. And I guess it's through through selection as well. He's not quite been able to to hit the heights this season. But yeah, if you you're looking at kind of the emotion encapsulated into. How how the season's gone for him? It, it, it was there, you know, his, his emotion, his emotion following that. But yeah, no, he'll be, he'll be another one. Like the team will be hoping to kind of capitalise on getting the point from uh, point from Hull. He'll be hoping that that's kind of uh, a turning point for him now as well. And since from your point of view, um, well, I'm sure you weren't involved in many um, poor runs of results as a the sort of successful player that you were. But on the rare occasion that that did happen. How big is a result like the one at Hull? All right, we didn't win the game, but it, it had that feeling of having won it because we were 2-0 down. What does that do for the, the group of players as they board the bus home to London? Oh, it's massive uh, for me, uh, you know, as a fan watching the game. It was massive because mm. you don't want to make that long trip and, you know, be on the end of another defeat and, a, and a keep the poor run going. So we got a point. It will have felt like a win. You know, hopefully we can pick the positives from that second half in particular and take them into, you know, the training ground over the last sort of couple of weeks and certainly into the 
what I feel is a huge game coming up against Bolton at the weekend where we need to get back to winning ways. But uh, no, credit to, credit to the players, credit to Stephen, as it's been a really difficult time. Credit the fans that were up there supporting in the numbers. Big, big point, big, big result. Big, big second half performance. So uh, we need to kick on from that. Uh, just going back to Josh Scone as well, you know, uh, delighted for him because, as Matt's already said, had a really good season, I felt, last year. It's been, you know, peripheral sort of on the fringe this season. All Josh can do when he plays, and certainly every time he trains, is probably say to the manager, not verbally say to him, but with his performances, you know what? You might be preferring someone else at the minute, but this is what I can offer you. And what he did on Saturday will certainly have put something in the manager's and his coach's mind as we lead into the Bolton game. So, uh, let's say a big well done to Josh. How frustrating is it to, for a team to go on a run of results like that? And let's not forget as well, when we had that seven-game losing streak, there was a period there where so many games were being decided in injury time by contentious decisions or missed penalties or penalties given that on reflection and get the manager getting told by the referee's assessor, yeah, they shouldn't have had a penalty there, you're unlucky there. Or Luke Freeman having to go off injured and us trying to hang on for 10 minutes um, with a man down against a... A, a strike force that West Brom possess and almost doing it in, again into injury time conceding the goal so there were so many games that were so close but then you just look at the fixtures and the results and it's well they've lost all these games for the players it must be so hard to maintain that belief and confidence when you just feel that whatever you try it just seems that everything's going against you. Yeah, you get periods sometimes in your career and during a season where you think you know everything's going against you that's where I think you've got to be you know, as a group, mentally strong, because you know, if you if you if you're caught in sympathy, if you like, sympathy loves uh, a, a crowd sort of thing. You know, I think we have been unlucky in certain games. Um, we've shot ourselves in the foot in certain in certain games, but you know what? That's gone now. Let's let's put that behind us. Let's use the second half at Hull, and I'm I'm saying this with hope, but I think we can do it. Let's hope we can use the second half at Hull where it felt like a win, even though it wasn't. But that second half where we came back showed great character. We've got good players. We've got good players. We just need to get back to the basics, doing things right. Players getting their own performance at a certain level, which will give us the best, best possible chance to win games. And I'm confident we can start by winning against Bolton at the weekend. <laughs> OK, before we turn our attentions to this weekend's game against Bolton Wanderers, uh, there's a, a competition online at the moment uh, for people to explain why they are a returning R, using the hashtag returning R, win a signed shirt um, for the best answer. And there's been some interesting responses already to that. Um, Danny Brinkman, no choice for most of us, blame the parents, it's in our blood, hashtag returning R. Sean Watchers lose to Vauxhall Motors on a Tuesday night. Times are hard, but they've been worse. Wouldn't change a Saturday watching the R's. Hashtag returning R. Alex, returning R. My dad is making me. Uh, Rangers 77. Hashtag returning R. Received a life sentence in 1977. <laughs> denied parole. That is the, uh, the general feeling from uh, QPR fans who are returning R's uh, for the 2019 20 campaign and just a gentle reminder that the deadline for season ticket renewals is the 30th of April so if you are a, a returning R you've got until 30th of April to renew your season ticket. 
Okay, and now turning to this Saturday, before we mention Bolton, we have to give a special mention to the supporters, which includes a young, fit and healthy Andy Sinton doing the 13-mile <laughs> walk from Harlington, the training ground, to Loftus Road. I don't think it's a direct route, 13 miles, so I think uh, you're uh, going around the houses, as it were, uh, but all for a very, very good cause since. Oh, it's fantastic, and, uh, you know, I think this is my fourth one. It's always find it a really humbling experience to want to be able to do it, but certainly for the cause that you're doing it. And when you see the kids at the end of the the walk, it makes it all worthwhile. So, uh, so yeah, brilliant. It's a, great, uh, it's a great event. Thanks to everyone that's you know, thrown their support behind it over many years now. Thanks to everyone that's going to be doing it on the day. And let's hope, you know, it's the 10th one. I'm hoping and pleading, can this one be the best one? When I say the best one in terms of the amount of money that we raise for this brilliant course. Yeah, the, the, the walk is all in aid of the QPR Tiger Cubs, a football team for children and young people with Down syndrome. The Tiger Cubs project aims to create a multi-tier learning environment that will improve the participants' overall physical, social and emotional health. And that money that gets raised goes directly to the team to cover their expenses and assisting with future projects and further extending new opportunities for the Down Syndrome Tiger Cubs. So it is a, a really fantastic cause. And I would imagine since that when the kids join you at the end, they join you for the, the last phase of the walk, that must give you a real buzz as well, just as a, a reminder who you're doing it for. Yeah, it's great when you see them. I think the route that we did a couple of years ago, I think we met them in Acton Park, which is about a mile and a half away from Loftus Road. So they do that the last little bit through the fans. And it's always brilliantly uh, received from from our fans. So uh, that's a, it's, it's a wonderful cause. You know, it's not just so they can go and have a game of football. There's so much more mm. about the programme that they do, you know, the social involvement, the um, the psychological um, involvement, as well as the physical. So uh, it's a brilliant cause. And the, all the money raised just enables QPR as a community trust to sustain the programme. And it's fantastic for the parents as well because speaking with a couple of parents, they say that the, the almost the, the the social aspect for the parents, they almost a, a support group for each other as well. I don't think you can underestimate that. You know, there's been a big thing, and quite rightly so, over recent times about you know the the mental health side of things. You know, and that sometimes doesn't just well, I know it doesn't. It doesn't affect the person who is suffering for whatever. It's the immediate family, the care that's all around them. So, uh, so things like this are, as I say, brilliant. Ten years. Congratulations to the community trust and the the team for for getting this going. It grows from strength to strength. I think we did at the Fulham last year in the freezing cold. I think it was. 50 walkers of various ages you know and on that 13 14 mile whatever it is you know you you're able to walk with and share stories with fans who hold the club dear at heart you know they've got their memories they they remind you of certain things you know and it the five hours goes quite quickly if that makes sense but as i say it just brings people you know fans participants uh, staff of the club if you like all together as one for a fantastic cause and Mark Bertram is doing the walk as well on Saturday, so it'd be great to see him involved. I'm sure he'll have plenty of stories to tell <laughs> on the way. And actually, you, you talk about um, the, the walk last year in Fulham away and how cold it was. Birch was actually saying that he was stood in the dugout freezing, and he thought, crikey, these people that walked here, credit to them. So it's fantastic from Mark Bertram that he's involved this weekend. Yeah, brilliant. You know, Birch, 
massive QPR fan. We all know that, you know. Uh, and it's credit to Mark, you know, because he's recently involved with the club. He's he's not anymore, but he's still a fan and he still wants his lendy support. You know, he supports the Forever Oz Golf Day. He comes and plays in gift day games, you know, so he's uh, he's brilliant for the football club. It'll be great to see him, you mm. know. Um, Let's say you're yeah, right. You're, you're right. right. He'll have loads of stories. Yeah, but he does. You're right. He deserves enormous credit for that because it would be easy, understandable, almost natural to having no longer been at the club to maybe just it's easier to, to keep his distance. But like you say, he's coming back to support the Tiger Cubs. He comes back every. He'll be back this year to support QPR's Forever yep. Hours Golf Day. He's a QPR fan at heart and a professional aside. He will always be back at QPR, won't he? I think he sees the bigger picture. You know, he's been back as, you know, he served the, the club brilliantly as a player. You know, he's loved here for, for the way he played and what he did with his hair and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know, he's been back as a, uh, in a coaching capacity, assistant manager capacity, but he's just got a, he's just got a love for the club. And I think where Mark is concerned, I know when I ever speak to him, he's always so positive about getting involved in whatever he can. So it'd be great to see him. <clears throat> and we thank him for his support and continued support. And I'm sure, as I say, people who are walking with him, people who see him as he's walking in the street, will have plenty to say. And equally, Birch will have plenty to say to them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and for supporters who would like to support those fans who are walking the 13 miles from Harlington to Loftus Road, you can do so very easily. Just Google Tiger Feet 10, or one word, Tiger Feet 10, and right at the top of the page will be the Virgin Money giving page where you can donate. And like I say, all the money raised goes to support in the Down Syndrome Tiger Cubs football team. So it is a, a fantastic cause. And congratulations once again to all the, all the uh, fans, supporters that are involved in this weekend's walk from Harlington to Loftus Road. And so on to the on-the-pitch matters. Bolton this weekend at Loftus Road. And Webby, is this an opportunity for, for QPR to, to build on the second half at Hull, at home against a, a team who are struggling? Admittedly, we're, we're a team that has been struggling in recent weeks as well. But at home against a team that have found life difficult is a, an opportunity for QPR, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, um, doing uh, Steve McLaren's programme notes with him heading into the game, um, he acknowledges, um, you know, it's not going to be... It's not going to be an easy game against uh, Bolton. You, you do feel like this is a bit of a last chance saloon for them, given uh, given you know how how they find themselves adrift at the bottom, and you know games are running out for them. But he also said, Stephen Claren says in his, his notes, you know, let's kick on from this now. It almost feels like that that kind of draw at Hull was one that's kind of settled everyone down a little bit. You know, as the defeats uh, stack up, you kind of look look over your shoulder a little bit but it's, it that did kind of feel like that, that result was massive in the sense that it kind of settled everyone down and we can kind of go into the last eight games and, and just try and uh, just try and finish the season positively now. Do you feel that looking at the league table like you say because of Bolton's position that where they find themselves in it it is a little bit all or bust now they've got they've just got to go for it do you think that will change their tactical approach if you like to how it would have been if they'd have been coming here earlier in the season yeah I think so I mean you look at the game and I, I to be honest I could see there being goals in it because you look at uh, you look at Bolton and yeah like you said they have to win games now given the position they're in mm. um, I think they're, they ate a drift at the bottom and they're eight to drift yeah. at the bottom and 
you know, they, they literally have to win the game. Well, you know, they don't have to win it, but you, you think if they're going to get out of it, they, they really need to Points win the game. Points no, like, yeah. draws are no good to them now. Draws are Eight no games good to, to go. Um, and, you know, whereas teams, you know, in the Rotherham game, it's almost like, you know, we lost the game, but do we find it difficult when the, the question is asked of us to, to go and attack teams? Whereas, you know, Bolton will... You know they should come at us, so that might well suit us. So I could, I could well say being goals in this game. In a bizarre way, is the pressure almost off Bolton in the sense that they've just got to absolutely go for it. No one's given them a chance of staying up now, and it's almost like the shackles are off for these players. Everyone says Ipswich are gone, Bolton are gone, and it's one of a number of teams to join them. So if you're a Bolton or Bolton player, uh, Ipswich player, it's almost like. Everyone thinks we're done, so there's no expectancy, if you like, on us now. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, there's a, if anything, there's a degree, degree of empathy with Bolton because I think people yeah. really uh, sympathise with them and the whole situation of how how it's been allowed that you know that they're in a position they're in, and you know that it's well documented that the, the players have, have not been paid at times and you know been delayed payments stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's kind of an empathy with them, and yeah, like you said, the. The, the pressure is kind of off them a little bit. I know it's a, they probably don't want a, a relegation on their CVs, but as, as you say, the, it's, a, yeah, it's a kind of a feeling of, yeah, maybe the, the shackles can come off. And yeah, that might not be, might not be straightforward on Saturday. Since, um, would, would you agree with that, that that almost makes Bolton more dangerous? Can do, you know, fighting for their lives. Nothing to lose, as you said. They're cut off adrift, so they have to go and win games. You know, the record doesn't suggest they'll come here and, uh, you know, win games, lowest scorers in the league, so they're, they're not free flowing. But as I say, they're at a point now, as Webby's just said, and you've just uh, reminded me, you know, they have to win games. So um, they'll come here, they'll see it as an opportunity, they'll look at our form, you know, and say, you know what, they're not firing either. So nothing's impossible until it's impossible, if that makes sense. Mm. So uh, they'll come here confident of winning, looking to win, but it's about us. Saturday's about us. As I said earlier in the piece, you know, the whole second half would have felt almost like a victory. We have to build on that. You can't take a backward step now. We look at the Leeds game where we played really, really well and we're looking now, can we now kick on where we went backwards? You know, Brentford, Stoke, Rotherham um, sort of thing. Let's not see that happen again you know so it's all about how we start the game and I'm confident you know I would never say this is a must win game because it's only a must game win if you have to win it to stay up or to get promoted but I wouldn't say it's a must win game but come on let's win it let's 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 kick on let's get going again and uh, let's finish the season in style and let's get back to the form we were showing certainly prior to New Year's Day and we've been a bit unlucky at times but now well Let's play a mini-season, eight games. Let's see how many points we can get. If you're Josh going, and on Friday, when the bibs are being handed out for patterns of play, are you expecting a bib to be thrown in your direction? I'm not sure, because I think a couple of times he might have uh, expected it earlier in the season or during the season, and it hasn't happened. But after his second half at Hull, if that's Andy Simpson, I'd expect to play. Because I know how I've influenced the game. I know I've been a big part in the turnaround and the team's fortunes. Mm. I've scored a goal, albeit fortuitously, I've made a goal. You know what, in that second half, what more could he have done? So, uh, 
but that's why I'm not a manager. (laughs) Moving away from Josh Gowen and talking about Andy Sinton, in that scenario, this is purely just anecdotal for interest, in that scenario, you don't get thrown a bib. Does Andy Sinton go after lunch, knock on the manager's door, can have a chat, Gaffer? Or will you uh, no. keep your head down? No, keep your head down. Manager makes a coach's manager's make a decision. Were you a moan in the dressing room kind of guy? No, How I'm am going, I not in the team, by the way, lads? I'd just go and moan to my wife. <laughs> 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 no, I would, I would 100% Whether you agree with it or not, you, you know, you have to get behind that. But you know what? I'd go home on a Friday night if I'm not involved, thinking I'm going to be ready when I get my chance tomorrow because that chance might come in the warm-up. Mm. someone might yeah. go down someone might get ill might get a phone call in the night so if you're not playing on that Friday night you have to prepare as if you're going to play you have to be in, in that sort of mindset no matter what your grievance is no matter what your gripe is how hard done by you, you, you feel you've got to be you've got to be ready to play and if you're a sub you have to come on and make an impact we're talking about the whole game we made three subs they all made an impact Bright also Samuel Josh Goen Tom Hemmett all came on made an impact for the team so uh, so that's what you want we're talking as if Josh is not going to play we don't know that but uh, and if he is playing and we're talking about Josh as an individual if he is playing and he gets a bib on Friday with a view to starting on Saturday he needs to go home and think you know what I need to do that again mm. and again and again because that's the only way he's going to stay in the side he's good enough and as I say um, I said earlier on well done to him for his second half up at Hull if he starts can he do it again if he doesn't can he come on and make an impact and it's certainly a few selection dilemmas for the manager because aside from Josh Gunn, who we've spoken about, obviously Bright say Samuel came on and, and he had an impact and he did well up at Hull by all accounts. Uh, Jeff Cameron obviously started the game, he came through 90 minutes in a friendly fixture last week at Southampton, so he's getting up to speed. Angel Rangel got through 45 minutes of action um, as well uh, against Southampton in the friendly, so... He's getting there and the manager's confirmed that he's potentially, well certainly in consideration and considered available for selection this weekend. So there are certainly a few options and choices to be made by the manager. So it is going to be very interesting the side that he goes with. Competition for places, that's what you want. Uh, you know, uh, going back to individuals, if I'm bright, I'll say Samuel, since the whole game and the Rotherham game, I'll have been doing everything I can to on a daily basis to make sure um, I'm in the start 11. We've spoke about Josh um, Scoen, you know, the strikers, who's going to play up there. So, uh, so yeah, that's what you want as a manager. And uh, he'll have seen in the last sort of couple of weeks, he'll have seen it over a period of time, but I'm talking about the last couple of weeks where he's had more time on the training ground to assess how people are, how they're feeling, how they look, what they're doing, what's their mental state like. And uh, Steve will pick a side, as he always does, to win the game on Saturday. It's a big, big game in my view. Um, don't want to put everyone under too much pressure, but I feel it's a game we almost have to win and should win. But I'll say it again, and people laugh at me sometimes. You know, it's never an easy game. We saw against Rotherham, hadn't won away for God knows how long. Mm. They come here and they they score in the last minute and probably deservedly beat us. If you're not at it in the championship, no matter who you're playing, no matter where you're playing, if you're not at it, you'll come unstuck and you'll get beat. Webby Bolton have won two of their last thirteen games. And they've only won once on the road since August. I mean, incredibly, their first game of the season, they beat West Brom. Um, But obviously, had a very different season since then. They've only won once on the road since August, won two of their last 13. As a QPR fan, 
I think you know what that means, don't you? Yeah, I think you <laughs> reeled off these stats before the Rotherham game. <laughs> but yeah, um, seven in nine. I, we spoke about uh, Bolton's need to win games, but yeah, um, like since said, it's it's about us, and really, this is a it's a big game, but it, it does feel like a game that we should be winning. It is a game we should be winning. And uh, we speak about it before, but there, there will be that expectancy from the, the QPR crowd at home to a side in the relegation zone to win this fixture. So that's something else the players have to deal with. Yeah. And that is, that is the case with footballers. I know Steve McLaren has said it before, expectancy is part of being a successful footballer. Mm. If you can't handle expectancy, you're not going to be a successful footballer. Yeah, we did touch on it before as well. The only, the only, the only way this might differ slightly from... The Rotherham game is the fact that uh, I know Rotherham are a bit more in touch than Bolton are, but it's the fact that the, the, there is the urgency on, on Bolton to mm-hmm. get wins and they might well, well, I, I pretty much am sure they will approach this game differently to how Rotherham did and, and the fact that they come out and try and attack might, might well uh, play into our hands, hopefully. Yeah, I wonder if um, Steve McLaren and his coaches will be expecting that for, for Bolton to, to approach it in that way, for them to come at us because... They're eight points adrift. Draws are no good to them now. They'll, regardless of the, the scouting that they'll have done, whether they think, well, it's a case of needs must now, and that might almost certainly, you'd have thought, will, will change their tactical approach. I think they'll come here and try and win. I also think they'll come here in the first 10, 15 minutes, no matter where you're playing, who you're playing, you know, you're, you're the wayside. If I'm in the Bolton dressing room, if I'm Phil Parkinson, I'll be saying to the Bolton players, you know what, let's not give QPR lift in the first 15 minutes. They're struggling. They're a bit like us. They can't buy a win at the mm-hmm. moment sort of thing, you know. So let's quieten the crowd down a little bit. Let's get the crowd, let's get Loftus Road a little bit agitated. Let's keep it nice and tight and let's grow from there. So that's where we might have to be a little bit patient. But in terms of, I don't think, and it's not a criticism, I don't think we've started too many games recently well. You know, I've, I've written down here where we've conceded in the first 15 minutes on six or seven games in that poor run. You know, that's not starting games well. That's putting yourself on the back foot, having to claw things back. So we need to start really, really well. We need to start positive. We need to get in Bolton's faces and let them know that, you know what, we know you're fighting for your lives, but so are we. So are we. And you're going to have a really uncomfortable afternoon today. And if we go with that mindset and can grow from there, I'm convinced. I know we've got the better players and we'll win the game. And if you're uh, overseas on Saturday and you want to watch the game, you can do so by tuning into QPR Plus as a live stream for people based overseas for Saturday's fixture. Nick London will be providing commentary. Co-commentary will come from our very own Andy Sinton. And with that knowledge that you'll be bringing to the game? Who are the players to watch since? Well, you know, I, I looked at the, the, the Bolton team that was hammered a few weeks ago up at uh, Wigan, they lost 5-2, you know, and I'm looking at the, the names on paper and I'm thinking, you know what, they're not that bad, but their names on paper, nothing's won on paper. They have to go and perform on the pitch. And yet Webby touched right now, Bolton's had a difficult sort of time with off-field stuff that does effect and reflect with performances on the field but uh, you know but they've got people like Sammy Amiowi I think McGuinness scored for Northern Ireland in midweek didn't he you know uh, Gary O'Neill you know we know all about Gary you know he'll come and have a point to prove about uh, you know where he used to play his football so um, I think it's a game where we forget the league table forget Bolton forget the runner on let's focus on us let's get out the traps let's get in their faces let's impose ourselves on them and as I said, I've said it three, four times now, I'll say it one more time. If we do that, we win the game. And Webby, just finally, 
a win would put us on 47 points. That should stave off any lingering fear of relegation, shouldn't it? Is that the, the player's motivation? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, like, like I said, that, that draw at Hull did feel like it kind of steadied the ship somewhat. And yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, uh, we'd have to go on a, you know, I know it's not been a very good run anyway, but we'd have to go on a completely horrendous run towards the end of the season. And, and the teams below, that you know, the teams below us would all have to, to start winning. And to be honest, we're all down there or they're down there below us for a reason. So, but yeah, no, a win, a win would uh, put us closer to the uh, to the 50 points. And you, you'd like to think, yeah, if we 47 points, probably might do it anyway. So, Fingers crossed. Thanks very much for joining us, Webby, since. And thanks for listening to the Loftcast. We'll be back next week to reflect on that game with Bolton and to preview the minor matter of a trip to league leaders Norwich City. We'll